0: I guess I could skip over topics, but it's it's best to just kind of plow through and let the word speak for itself. You know what I'm talking about? So um, anyways, there we go. That's a a little bit of a preface because today will be another one of those uh, um, maybe a little bit harder topics, especially in our culture. We're in... uh, uh, in a series, and we're getting ready to finish up. I think I'm finishing up next week um, with uh, kind of that famous portion of Scripture about the armor of God in Ephesians 6:10 through the rest of the chapter. Um, so we're almost to the end of Ephesians, and I've been having a fun time myself in it. Um, it's our, our um, series is called Sit, Walk, Stand. Um, If you're new to to this series, if this is your first time here, and uh, um, it's based off of a study in the book of Ephesians um, and based off a book by Watchman Nee, and the, the series thought that we're, hopefully that we're catching through this whole process is this. As believers, it's a must to learn that our Christian walk and even our stand against the enemy has to flow from our seated position in Christ. And we want to just I know that as you go through this book that, that sometimes it's easy to just kind of get away from original intent sometimes. But even every topic that we're in, especially even today, as as you look at this, you start to realize, wait a minute, this doesn't work out, outside of first my seated position in Christ, first out of that, that place of of. He's in me, and I'm in him, and, and, and all of that. And so just keep that in mind as we head on today. Um, as we, you look back over the, the last weeks, this is the, I think this is the ninth week. Um, and so the first eight, I'm, I'm not going to read it all, but I'm just going to kind of highlight the, where we've been. The first week was, was in him. We talked about being in Christ. The second week was, a, was called Master Key it was all about um, the topic of coming into agreement with wisdom and revelation in your life. The third week was, was really on, on uh, identity and, and, uh, and where I'm seated. It, it was called this. It was Where Am I? We talked about being seated in heavenly places. Week four, we talked about the topic of grace. And I used the title, What's So Amazing About Grace? And I stole it from a guy named Philip Yancey who wrote a book of the same title. Week five, we came in uh, to the, the topic of, um, of God's masterpiece. Really the fact that, that he created you with intentionality and he actually calls you a masterpiece. And, and, so, it was, and so it was on that week six, we kind of headed out of, of that sitting portion and we started walking. And, and it was the, the big topic of uh, unity. In fact, the topic was unity, the bigger picture. That, that really, after all of this stuff, our first place as we start to walk this thing out is that it's not all about me. That it is about me, but it's not all about me. That it's, that it's really about us and, and unity. And if we don't have unity, we destroy this whole plan that God has uh, for us as the body of Christ. Week seven was Christ's gift. And we started laying a foundation that, there's the, that God talks about a five-fold ministry. Actually, Christ's gift was people. And we, we saw the, the apostle, the prophet, the teacher, the pastor, and the evangelist. And kind of the roles that they play in the body of Christ. And the last week was a topic called Don't React, Respond. And it's really, it really was a topic that we could kind of um, use with, with really anything that we face in culture Um, but it was was definitely in light of everything that's been happening in our culture and a few weeks ago with the Supreme Court ruling and all that stuff. And so it was just beautiful how we're writing this book, preaching through this thing, and then right there there's a perfect message to address some of the issues that we're facing right now. And drumroll please, today the title is called The Ugly Ten-Letter Word. The ugly 10-letter word. And we'll, we'll find out what that is here in a minute. Our main text is this, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 through 21. And really, we're, we're going to be in um, kind of the rest of 5 and the beginning of chapter 6. We're going to kind of be in both of those places. But we're going to zero in on this, on this little passage that says this. In fact, you might see it on the screen behind me. It says, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but, uh, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine, which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your hearts to, God, to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. And so we see in this passage that, again, we're starting this whole idea of walking out our Christian walk. And it's really about how we live our life. That word circumspectly, and it's not one that maybe we use all the time in our in everyday English, but but really it has to do with careful calculated response. That as I'm circumspectly, as I'm as I'm walking that way in my in my walk with the Lord, I'm looking at my life and and our lives together. And I'm just I'm being wise about the way I'm living my life. Um, And it says this making the most of your time. It's, it's really, it's, it's making the most, I like one translation it says, making the most of every opportunity. As I was reading a commentary, the guy said, it, it's, it's like a shrewd businessman that I'm redeeming the time that, that in light of what's going on in our culture in light of spiritual warfare in light of pressures that we're facing, I'm actually redeeming the time. I'm making the most of every moment because the Bible says the days are evil and, and there's a lot to get done. And, and, and we're not just sitting around waiting for it to happen to us. We're going to actually happen to it. Does that make sense? And so we're redeeming the time. Our, um, uh, our main thought today is this. And actually, I'm just going to give you the, the, the title. Well, I gave you the title. I'm going to give you the word. The word is Submission. Submission. Just let it drop. Here's the, here's the thought. Submission flows out of love and honor for God and love and honor for people. It's vital for protecting unity in the body of Christ. And I'll tell you what, it's a hard topic to study, let alone preach. Preach. And, uh, and I was like, hey, th- this might be a good idea to just skip like a uh, chapter and a half and just go right to like Ephesians six ten through the rest and talk about the armor of God. And, and I just kind of felt most, uh, as, I, as I entertained that thought for about half a second, that that probably wasn't from God. And so I'm just going to hit it. And, and we're going to, you know, the thing is, is that um, in our culture, that's a hard, uh, it's a hard pill to swallow, that word sometimes. Um, and, and maybe not for everybody, but for some people. And and so we're gonna we're gonna kind of just really look at what the Bible has to say and and take some of the I called it the ugly ten letter word we're gonna take some of the ugliness out of it and really just see where it's at but we also you, you read it in light of of historical context too because um, with in Paul's culture it was a it was it, it, this wasn't an ugly ten letter word. In Paul's culture, it was, it was just normal. In fact, submission was the type of thing that, um, that in that culture, you received honor by the way you submitted to authority. Everybody submitted at some level in Paul's culture. Even the emperor submitted to the gods. And so this was at every level of society, there was submission. And as you submitted, um, you walked in honor. It was actually what, what um, historians call a, um, a, it was an honor-shame culture. And, and where you, you honored and you and, or you submitted and you received honor and you didn't submit and you actually received shame. And, and I know that sounds kind of bad, but it was just in that culture that was how it was. And so when Paul's saying this, he was reminding them. But this wasn't like one of those things where he's like, okay, guys, brace yourself. I'm going to ask you to submit. It was like, well, no doubt. That's what we do in life. It was a military term. And we'll talk about that in a minute, that it really, it very much had to do with roles and rank and, and coming underneath um, uh, authority. Um, so, uh, so submission, it, this is really, as you're looking at some definitions, if you're taking notes or whatever, it really, it's really the act of coming underneath the authority or the will of another person is really how, when you look at submission, especially in the way that Paul's using it, the Greek word for submitting does not refer to being under the absolute, absolute control of somebody else. And that's where we kind of get off a little bit. It's this whole control, like, like uh, you know, I joke around, like, submit, woman, right? Is that kind of, you know, you, you guys hear? All right, yeah, I, I thought I'd see how that one went over. That evidently didn't go over as well as I thought it was. Uh, and so, but in the, that Greek word for submitting, it's it's really it's not about the absolute control. It's, it's in in essence, it's this: it's the voluntar- the it's to voluntarily place oneself under the authority of another. You you have to submitting isn't submitting if it's not voluntary. It's something else. If, 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 you're, if it's not voluntary, it's something else. And we can figure out whatever that is. But in order for there to be true submission, it has to be voluntary. Um, in, in Paul's culture, it, it literally meant to be under rank. And I, I referenced that it was a military word. It speaks to the way that an army is organized in levels of rank is, is where that word submission came Um submitting one to another then. Paul's talking right here in, in the, that, that verse in, uh, that we just read and he says submitting one to another and so the thought will mean what it, well, it comes is like well does that mean that there's no rank in the body of Christ? If we're supposed to submit to each other there must not be any rank right? There must not be any position. There must not be any order then and that's absolutely not what Paul's talking about. Um, and for example, in 1 Corinthians 5, you see uh, Paul clearly telling the Corinthian church uh, to submit to his authority, right? And so if you have that thought process, then you're reading this verse and, and, and you might answer back, well, Paul, you wrote that we should be submitting one to another, so we think that you should submit to us here, right? And so, it, so you start to see, well, wait a minute, that's not exactly what Paul's talking about. Hebrews 13 verse 17 says this. It says, Obey those who rule over you and be submissive. And so you start to see these these kind of, these two thoughts, well, where are you going here, Paul? And some things maybe start to, they sound a little contradictory, but really they're not. And I want to show you why. Um, The other thing thing we see in our main text is the command to submit to one another flowed out of what? It flowed out of being filled with the Spirit. In fact, the grammar in the original language, it was this. It, it actually sounded like this in the original language. Be constantly being filled with the Holy Spirit. That, that doesn't sound right, but that's exactly how, what Paul meant. Be constantly being filled with the Holy Spirit. And it was out of this place of Paul encouraging it. Now remember, it, it was sit, walk, stand. Right? We spent the whole first few chapters learning uh, that we're seated in heavenly realms, that, that we have the fullness of God in us, we have all of this stuff and the, that we have access to, and Paul's saying, be constantly being filled with the Holy Spirit, and out of that place of being filled with the Holy Spirit, there were things that started to flow. And, and, it, and it wasn't this one time being filled. It was, a, it was a constant thing. It was something that you asked for regularly. And, and it was out of that place that Paul says in, those, in that, that main text that we read, uh, he says that our, our speaking to one another changes. It, it, was, it was speak to each other in psalms, hymns. It it was that uh, it was that singing came out of that place of being filled. It was making music or making melody started coming out of that place of being filled with the Holy Spirit. Thanksgiving flowed out of that place. It was be filled with the Holy Spirit, and these things started to flow. The last thing that flowed out of being filled with the Holy Spirit was this: was submission. And so there was those five things that flowed. And submission was that last one. He's like, submit to one another. And it was out of this place of of truly being filled with the Holy Spirit. I think that's got to be a key here. And and we're going to see that as we go through. But it's a spirit-filled life that submission flows out of. You guys praying for me as I preach this topic? Yeah? Just making sure. All right. Thanks for the laugh on the right side of the room. So the, as I as I'm te- as I'm studying this and teaching this, I find this. I find two types of submission that the Bible talks about. First, there's a submission to God-appointed order. And in, 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 as in rank and position, and that, and, and it just is is what it is. We're not going to be able to get around this. We can't like cross that one out. You can't take your sharpie and be like, nope, there's no 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 rank, no order. It's just me or the you know whatever. Uh, you just can't get around this. There's there's actual order, structure, rank. There's rank in the kingdom of God when you look at um, even just the angelic realm and all of those things and and all. I mean, there's rank. There's rank in the kingdom of darkness. I mean, no, there's rank. we we'll, we'll, we'll see that a little bit. Next week, as you as you look at there are battles not against what flesh and blood, but it's against all the rulers and there's there's rank, there's order, there's also um, rank order even in the body of Christ, and I I'm, I'm, I know that people hiccup at that, but it's just true, it just is what it is, and so so the, in these two types of submission, the first type is this God appointed order, as in rank and position, and the second, and when I say rank, uh, I know that that's that. I know that's, hard. that's a hard pill to swallow. It came out of a military culture. That's the only reason why I'm using it. And you see that in the military. It's, it, it wasn't this value thing. It wasn't like, like someone's smarter than the other person or someone has less to offer than the other person. It had nothing to do with that. I mean, there's, it had everything to do with in the military, you could be a private and have uh, you know all of the smarts, everything that you need. You could be stronger. You could be whatever. But if, you are, if there's someone with a higher rank, you submit. It just is what it is. It's just the way it is. We have some people that were in the military, right? You understand that, right? And in fact, Adam, you were definitely smarter than most everybody that was above you. Is that right? No? <laughs> okay. And, and so that's just how it was. The second type of submission was called this was mutual submission. It's what Paul's talking about here when he says submit one to another. Um, it's where any person lays down rights, desires, and interests for the sake of another person. Both types of submission require choice, both require love, and both are vital in the body of Christ. And, and we start to see a little bit here of, uh, like watch. For instance, it just so happens that I'm the pastor of this church. So at some level, you chose to attend this church you chose to uh, vote me in, in in our governmental structure to vote me in as the senior pastor. You, there, there's some of that. And then you chose to, to still be here. And at some level, there's a choice where, okay, I'm going to come underneath this leader. But guess what? There's also this mutual. That's more of a position, right, of, of, of authority, a position there where you come underneath. But then I get to also choose to come underneath in this mutual submission which is a really beautiful thing, because it's not this dictatorship. I mean, it could, but then we'd have like two people that attend the church, maybe, like my wife and my daughter. Daughters, three people, right? And, and, uh, but but it's, there's this mutual uh, submission thing, which is really cool, that I can actually come underneath Nye, and Nye can come underneath me, that, that there's this give and take that it has less to do with, it's, it's really not this rank thing, it's this, I'm I'm going to like punch this individualistic and individualism thing in the face. That it's not about being selfish. It's not about, right, pulling rank. Anybody, have you ever been around someone, they, they pull rank, then maybe they're a boss or whatever, and, and I'm going to pull out my position card. It's this deal where where I'm going to prefer you and then there's times when you're going to prefer me. And, and it's, an, it's a choice of love that says I can come underneath. And, and I want to, I'm going to give you some examples a little bit later on, but it's actually beautiful. It's actually um, a choice, a voluntary choice of love. And you're going to see this even more in a few minutes. Um, let you see where I'm at here. So Paul then goes on after this little passage we read, and he gives um, some examples of submission in the relationships we have in life. And this is where, we're gonna, where we start to, to dive into some deep water. Everyone say deep water. All right, everyone say, oh, no. Oh, no. Okay, because the first one is this. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22 through 24. Wives, and you might, I think it's going to be up on, here on the screen. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, As also Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. All right. Now we're gonna just. And you're like, well, Jonathan, there must be like in the original language that you know. Well, no, actually, that's. This is just in the original Greek. It meant the same thing as it means today. It meant it means submission, but but we're gonna let me just let me break it down this way though. Um, let me tell you what it's not saying. Um, it doesn't say nor will you find in other places. Women submit to men. It doesn't say that. It's. It's it, it is it's not a general male female verse. It's a specific husband wife verse, and that you have to understand it that way. Um, otherwise, you, we get weird in, in this culture um, of well, well, women, you're inferior to men. That has nothing to do with this. Is saying this is talking about about order in the home specifically, wives and husbands, and specifically that's what this is talking about. Also, you got to understand this. Um, It's not absolute control. The the same definition of submission that we had at the beginning is here too. It's it's not absolute control. But rather it's a voluntary placing oneself under the authority of another. It's really an act of love. It really is. Watch as we we go on. I like this. I like to look at submission this way. The the two parts of this word, submission. Sub, really meaning to come under. Um, the overall vision or mission, um, and it's a, it's beautiful when you look at it that way because like like even in in my home, there's I get the opportunity of bringing an overall mission, vision, direction to um, Jonathan Inc. Jonathan and Becky Inc. Right? Like, like there's a there's an overall. I happen to be the CEO of my home, right? There's an overall vision, mission of of our of our home. Um, However, even though there's submission to a position, there's at the same time mutual submission to each other. And it works that way in the home. And I, and I want to actually, well, maybe I should just tell you this story first. Um, there was a pastor named uh, Eric Snyder. He tells this story. I recently did a wedding. During the wedding rehearsal, the groom pulled me aside and made, and made an offer. He said, look, I'll give you $100 if you change the wedding vows. When you get to me in the part where I'm, I, I'm to promise to love, honor, and obey, I'd appreciate it if you'd just leave that part out. Uh, he, he gave me the $100 bill and walked away. The day of the wedding, the bride and the groom were in front of me and, and were to that part of the ceremony where the vows are exchanged. When it came time for the groom's vows, I looked at the young man and said, Will you promise to bow down before her, obey her every command and wish, serve her breakfast in bed every morning of your life, and swear eternally before God and your lovely wife that you will not ever even look at another woman as long as you both shall live? The groom gulped and looked around and said in a tiny voice, yes. Then he leaned in and asked, what happened? I thought we had a deal. So I gave him his $100 back and told him that she had made a better offer (laughs) Just going out on a limb here, I don't think that couple understood mutual submission. (laughs) So I may be responsible for this overall, overall vision, protection, direction, but she manages our home, and she actually does a really good job at that. I absolutely come under or submit to the flow and structure she sets up for the daily operation of our house. I, I do that. And when I don't do that, I I, I know when I'm not doing that, right? I, I know because there's there's a little bit of there's a little bit of, of, of something, there's a gap in our relationship at that moment. I realize that yes, although I've got this overall vision and and it would be a good idea for her to before God come underneath that, it'd also be a good idea for me to come underneath the manager of my home. And does that make sense? There's this mutual submission thing. Could I at any moment pull rank? Well, yes, 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 I could. But like my uncle said in our premarital counseling, let me know how that works out for you. <laughs> <laughs> Husbands um, are actually commanded to love their wives, and and that's a that's a big deal. That sometimes um, males. Uh, kind of leave that part off when they read this section from Paul, that we're committed to love our wives. Um, There's a preacher speaking, speaking of his efforts to counsel a man who was having marital trouble. He said to the man, The Bible says husbands love your wives. Well, but I don't love her anymore, he replied. Then love her as your sister in the Lord. But I don't, uh, I don't think she's even saved, he said. Then love her as your neighbor. And he replied that he didn't have any intention of being her neighbor. Finally, the preacher said, Then love her as your enemy. It's this deal that no matter at some level, it requires love. Ephesians 5.25 goes on, and, and you actually see this command. It says, Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her goes on in verse 28, it says, so husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. Verse 33, it says, nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. And I'll say this, even though like, it is supposed to work this way. It, it really is. Um, we husbands don't always make it easy for our wives to respect us, let alone submit to us. Can I just be honest? Since I'm, since I'm the man up here and I can speak to the other men, like we look and we see, oh, it's supposed to work this way. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know, kind of is. But I challenge us this week. Would you make it a little bit easier for her to respect you? And would you make it a little bit easier for her to come underneath you? And uh, it might go well for you. I'm going to practice that this week myself. Hmm. So let's start like Christ. I, I love this part because he compares um, the, the love of, of a husband towards a wife. It, it's it's like just as Christ and the church. And so there's this picture where this love wasn't just like a, you know, oh, I love you like I love tacos or I love you like I love puppies. Like it was a love that was like, like no, I love you like Christ, like he actually laid his whole life down for the church. And that's where, where there's that disconnect, I think, sometimes as husbands is because... Um, when was the last time you laid your life down? When was the last time I laid my life? And what's that mean? In the extreme christ Actually died right, but this is this is me laying my rights down, laying my desires down, laying my you know my interests down, laying what what uh, what's comes easy down, uh, you know actually getting up out of the chair, uh, uh, actually going for the walk with the kids, actually doing something that i don 't feel like doing because of this mutual submission because i 'm laying my life down for actually out of this intense love and honor and respect for my wife and for my family. It, it's like there was a whole lot about what Christ did for the church that wasn't fun and wasn't easy, but it was just the right thing to do. Wow. So that was the first uh, kind of relationship that Paul's talking about, and we got through that one really well. The, uh, the rest are a little bit easier than this. Um, Ephesians chapter 6, at least I think so, but we do have some children in the room. So children, uh, Perk up, this is the part for you to listen to today, Pelton kids, all right? Ephesians chapter 6, 1 through 3 says this, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may be well with you, and you may live long on the earth. John Maxwell, a leadership guru, he tells the this, this story about two boys on their way to school, and talking about their families, one boy said, I figured out a system for getting along with my mom. It's simple. She tells me what to do, and I do it. <laughs> All right? So there's, there's a, just a, some free information for you guys in the front row. Ephesians, uh, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4 says this, And you fathers do not provoke your children to wrath. But bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. And again, we see this opportunity for mutual submission even in a parent-child relationship. Where there's an absolute order and rank, isn't there? But there's also an opportunity to be able to mutually submit to one another. And, And part of this is fathers, mothers, don't provoke your children to wrath. I like to pull that one out when I was a kid. To my, I remember this one time. I remember I was, uh, well, I was a little bit. I was, I was probably more in that, like almost ready to go out of the house, like seventeen, eighteen, that type of deal. And I remember um, there was a big family squabble, and even though we were a pastor, pastor's home, there was some doozies every once in a while, right? You know, just saying, just being honest. And I remember this one time that, like, mom's crying over here, Jordan, like, like. Left the house and slammed the door, and I'm sitting here in this chair like this. Just I don't even know what it was all about, but it was just it it was like it was it was like World War Three in our in our home. Dad comes over, and it must have been my fault. Uh, Just just in the memory, I must have I must have had something, maybe something to do with it. It was either mine or Jordan, but Jordan's gone, and I'm sitting here, so I just it must have been part at least partially my fault. And Dad's like right in front of me, and uh, and I'm just I'm just this you know get I mean obviously my you know independence and trying to. so I just decided you know, I'm just going to stand up. And at that point in my in my life, I was taller than my dad. And, and I remember just kind of staring him down like this, you know, a little bit. Like, now he's definitely, I'm taller, he's bigger. But um, I remember just being, he said this, he said, What are you going to do? Hit me? And I was like, Yeah, I think I'll just, <laughs> I'll just sit right back down. That, I contemplated for about half a second and that wasn't, decided that wasn't going to be a good, serve me well. Um, so moving right along. <laughs> so that was so that's that 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 you see that that um, submission, that mutual submission, as well as that that rank and order in the home with parents and and children. And then Ephesians chapter six, um, verse five through eight, we hit another topic that's interesting. Um, and again, you start to see some cultural things because guess what? This is actually about. In fact, well, let's, let me read it. It says, "bond servants." And in other translations, most, most, most other places, it says slaves. Be obedient to those who are your masters, according to the flesh, with fear and trembling, in sincerity of heart, as to Christ, not with eye service, as men pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. With good will, doing service as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that whatever good anyone does, he will receive the same from the Lord, whatever uh, whether he is slave or free. And the interesting thing: this is actually talking about slaves and masters. And and there's some parallels that we can bring. You know, we can talk. Most people, when they preach this, they start talking about like employer, employers and employees and things. And there's some things there. But listen, like unless you're in a situation where you, it, it almost seems like there's no way out. Like like you know, may, as an employer, as an or some sort of a relationship where it's like there's no way out. I almost feel like you know, like a slave or servant. Like I just I don't see any way then it's not the same thing. This was, this was, was literally talking about slaves. 150 years ago, uh, this was preached in the pulpit, and what? It was talking about slaves. Um, and, and how many know that in our culture, that's a no-no, right? You know, that we, we don't do that anymore. It, it's also a, just a good place for us to realize as we study Scripture that it's really good to look at the culture that, that the author's writing to. It's really good to look at context. It's it's good to, to understand what was happening because you can pull things out and be like, oh, I guess we're supposed to have slaves today. And and, and that's the farthest, right, from the truth. Um uh, but the interesting thing is in the midst of that type of an environment of, of slave and master, Paul's talking to the slave and says, even though you're in this place, obviously it was a culturally acceptable thing back then. It, we never get the, the impression that it was endorsed by God. But in this culture that they were in, it was something that was that was a norm. And so Paul speaks to that cultural norm and he says, slaves, um, submit to your masters, obey your masters, but don't do it like, like begrudgingly. Don't do it like, you know, whatever. Do it as if you were obeying the Lord. Do it as if this was like worship to God. And, and so even in the midst of that type of, a, of like a dictator, I own you type of an environment, it was still to the slave, um, do it as if you're doing it unto the Lord and not to men. And, and that's huge. And then he speaks to the master. In verse 9 he says, and you masters do the same things to them, giving up threatening, knowing that your own master who's in heaven and there's no partiality with him. So it's a big deal. So um, I want to just, I I just want to give you um, as a, man, you have to kind of lay a huge foundation um, with a topic like this. And, but I want to give you just a couple takeaways here for you as you're leaving this place um, in, the, in this whole thing. Like, How can you really uh, kind of take it and put some wheels, wheels to the ground? First of all, submission is, and there's three things I want to just kind of hit really quickly. Submission is mostly hard. Just want to encourage you with that. Submission is mostly hard. Mostly hard. Uh, You see this Matthew twenty six. You start to see Jesus is really the example, par excellence, in submission. If you want to learn how to how to truly submit and come under, watch Jesus. Um, It says in Matthew twenty six twenty or thirty seven to thirty nine, and he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. Then he said to them, "My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death." Stay here and watch with me. He went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. He, or, um, Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. So submission is hard. You see that right there. Jesus has the opportunity um, to obey God in submission, but he's wrestling with this thing. In fact, to the point, and, I, and I've talked about this before, I don't know, uh, I don't know when, but, but in this room I've talked about it, to where I, I don't think Jesus' uh, number one motivation for going to the cross was you and me. I think his number one motivation was that, it was that of loyalty and love for his father. You see here where he says, if it's possible... Take this whole. There has to be another way. Like, could you like sprinkle a little pixie dust? Could you do something else? This whole redemption thing. Could you do it another way? In in the human part. of Remember, Jesus was one hundred percent man and one hundred percent God at the same time. And in that human part of him, I I believe that Jesus' motivation that got him up off of his knees when he was praying in the garden and sent him to the cross was out of deep loyalty and love for his Father. He came under and submitted to the will of God for the redemption of mankind. Now, did Jesus love you and love me? Yeah, remember that place in, uh, um, in Romans when he says, he says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. I look at that and I say, obviously you're a joy that was set before him. I also think that the Father's a joy set before him. And so he endured the cross out of loyalty and out of submission to his Father. Chew on that. Um, I, I think it's an interesting perspective at the very least. and uh, And so, Submission's hard because it's not natural. Uh, Our default mode is to do what we want to do to take the easy way, um, the path of least resistance. I know it is, at least for me, um, we're by nature selfish. Anybody in this room, just by the raise of hand? Oh, you don't need to raise your hand. Anybody selfish in this place? Oh, my goodness. I, I, I don't know. I think a few weeks ago, I just shared my progression of, of selfishness. And, in, in, oh, my, you know, when I got married, I realized I was selfish. When I had my first child, I realized I was even more selfish. When I had my second, I mean, I'm just like, come on, Lord, stop revealing selfishness in my life. And so at, the, at our very nature, we're selfish. Uh, and so submission's hard, and, and this, is, this is why at least it's hard for me, I would imagine for you, is because I want to be right. I want to be number one. I want it to be all about me. And and it just and it just is what it is at a default mode that's where it's at. Mark 10 Jesus again just a good example to follow in verse 42 he says you know that those who are who are considered rulers over the Gentiles, lorded over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to become great among you shall be your servant, and whoever desires to be first shall be slave of all. And watch this. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. It wasn't just, it wasn't this thing of him just sitting up on a throne and saying, Come and serve me bonbons and, and wash my feet and fan me all day. This was, he's like, You want to know true leadership? You want to know, it has to do with submission. It has to do with you going low. And even, even as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. It's an upside down kingdom, it doesn't make sense in our world. Makes sense in the kingdom of God. The, the second thing that I, that I find um, submission is, submission is always voluntary. And we, we talked about this a little bit, but you just gotta, if you're just taking notes or you see that, it's always voluntary. Philippians chapter two, again, Jesus is a great example for submission. Verse five, it says this, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, But made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. He chose. He chose. Uh, it, It says that he made himself of no reputation. He humbled himself. He chose. He decided to step out of heaven and, and submit to, to this culture and to, be, to, to become a human being and, and, and take on uh, the body of a human. He chose that. He chose the cross. We get to choose. There's a, this is actually, just a preface. This, this isn't um, a funny story. It's ironic. It's not funny. It's actually, it's a true story, in, uh, but uh, um, I just want it's to, it's a news, uh, news article um, from, uh, from New Zealand. It's called um, Fake Seatbelts and Submission was the, was the title of the, the news article. It says this, seatbelts can be a hassle. Some people just don't want to be bothered even when, the new, even when the law requires them to buckle up. According to the Associated Press, a New New Zealander named Ivan um, Segedin took it to an extreme. The police ticketed him 32 times over five years for failing to use his seatbelt, even though this was costing him big money. Again, the choice, right? Segedin refused to buckle up. Finally, instead of obeying the law, the man decided to rely on deception he made a fake seatbelt that would hang over his shoulder and make it appear that he was wearing a seatbelt when he was not. His trick worked for a while. Then he had a head-on collision. He was thrown forward onto the steering wheel and killed. Discussing the accident, the coroner described the fake seatbelt. Quote, Though his car was fitted with seatbelts, an extra belt with a long strap had been knotted above the seatbelt on the driver's side, providing a belt to simply sit over the driver's shoulder. It's an interesting thing. I mean, the, the length that sometimes we go to have our choice. But it's a story of choice. It's a story of a guy that decided, for whatever reason, to not come underneath authority, to not submit you know, in my life, I um, just wanted to give you some, some examples of, of submission in my life. Uh, first of all, when I, when I moved here, I became an employee of this church. And in that, the positional role, I came underneath Pastor Greg and submitted. Um, but just even as, um, you know, a mentor, uh, a spiritual father, uh, and even a friend um, as, as our relationship grew, it was this deal of really choosing to come underneath him. And I chose I chose to um, become an employee of this church. I chose to um, to work for him. I, I chose, I mean, I, I chose to, uh, to be in this environment and to submit underneath that. I chose. And it was great. Man, it was a, just an incredible thing. In fact, there's times as where I don't have that same uh, employee or employer-employee role, but I get to go out for coffee or sit there and, and come underneath his wisdom and come underneath that influence. It's a, it's a big deal. There's, there's other relationships in my life like that. Um, like, for instance, I was thinking of Matt O'Neill. I, um, you, know, I'm a, I'm, you know, I'm your pastor, all that stuff now, but I work out with Matt O'Neill at his, uh, at his office and whenever I'm there, I come underneath the authority structure in his office environment and the way that he um, operates his whole. Even to the point of of it, it really submission. A lot of times is just a teachable spirit, where I can choose to come underneath that influence. So even as I'm working out, I'm like I'm like you know doing I don't, I don't even know what what you call them, but but that thing and you know you go up and down with some weights and and I'm doing it and. And he's like, actually, you're doing it wrong. And he's like, this is the way you're supposed to do it. And so instead of me choosing to do it my own way, like the seatbelt, I come underneath Matt and I do it the right way, you know. And when I'm at his office, there's his way of doing things where there's, you know, the weights go here and they, you know, they don't go there. And this is because I'm submitting to Matt, even though in one context I'm, I'm positionally, um, in rank over him, right as a position, I definitely submit. Not only in friendship, but when I come to his office, he's in charge. It's a big deal. It's 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 one of those things you just you just look at in these different aspects. There's other people like that. Um, the, the other day, now I don't know if you guys would, would believe me or not, but I um, I went golfing. I actually went golfing yesterday, um, and uh, for the first time, actually I, I went golfing once I think like a year ago, and then for some reason I thought it'd be a good idea to do it again, um, and then it was like five years before that. So so no, there's no like like skill here or anything, nothing to copy. But I went with Dan Mast, and on the golf course I came underneath influence again. I decided I'm going to be teachable. I'm going to, I'm going to submit to Dan Mast, and I'm going to allow him to show me the ropes here. And I wasn't going to be like, no, don't tell me what to do. I'm going to do it the way I want, you know, and kind of, kind of do one of those Adam Sandler and, and whatever. And like, I'm going to just, I'm just going to submit. And so I did. I came underneath Dan. Um, just a couple more. In, in this church, in this church structure, like our, our board of elders, there's a, there's an interesting, um, relationship that we have just in the structure that we, as we kind of run this church. First of all, um, I get to come underneath the, their leadership um, in, in a, in a submitting, because at the end of the day, um, you know, they hired me, right? (laughs) At the end of, I mean, just, just being honest. And so there's at some level, there's a, I get to come underneath them. And you know what? They get to come underneath me. And there's this deal where where I get to lead and they get to follow, and there's times where where they get to lead and I get to follow and there 's this beautiful not only is there's this rank and and a position but there's also mutual submission mutual honor mutual respect. It works out that way in the office man wouldn't it be wouldn't it work well for me if I decided to pull rank in the office with Leslie and Kelly and Bose coming and and you know I just can 't wait to pull rank and you know like what it probably wouldn 't serve me well, but as there's often oftentimes you know that there's times in the office where i don 't get my way. <laughs> you know there's times in the office when my idea isn 't the idea that we choose because because of mutual submission, because I decide you know what i 'm coming underneath and, uh, and, and I get to make that choice, and there 's times when they choose to come underneath me in mutual submission. Uh, it's the same way in my marriage, and we talked about that before. Here, this last one, and then we're out. Is um, after all of this stuff, some of these things that I'm that I'm realizing about submission. Not only um, is submission hard, not only is uh, is submission um, always voluntary, but submission is motivated by love. It has to be motivated by love, and we're going to wrap with this. Ephesians chapter five and twenty one. Um, we read a little bit ago. It says, "Submitting to one another in the fear of God." And so, this motivation for submitting wasn't because I'm trying to please men. wasn't because I'm I'm trying to you know you know what I'm saying. I'm not I'm not trying to just live peaceably. It's out of fear of the Lord. It's out of re- respect. Really, out of an intense love of God. Because the fear of God isn't this thing where He's sitting up there with a with a baseball bat ready to pounce on me. It's this deal where where there's this this awe and wonder of God that I come underneath and I choose to come underneath him, right? You choose to come underneath and to submit to the Lord. And out of that submission, out of that intense love of the father, then, then Paul's saying, submit to one another out of that place, out of the, out of the fear of God. It, in essence, it's putting the interests and desires of others ahead of your own in the name of Jesus. You get to put, you have the opportunity in the body of Christ, in this church, in your workplace, in your family, you have the opportunity to put the interests and desires of others ahead of your own in the name of Jesus. True love has to have choice. And submission flows out of love and honor. At the end of the day, submission is about preferring other people. It's about being willing to lay my desires down, my interests, my rights, Out of love for God and love for people. Does it kind of sound like um, when Jesus said, hey, it's all summed up in this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love God and love people. And this is what I believe. I believe that it's next to impossible for submission to flow in our lives without what Paul says to do first be constantly being filled with the Holy Spirit. That's the starting place. You, you got to come back to this beginning point. Be constantly being filled with the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, it's just a whole bunch of work. And it's so much more natural when I am being constantly being filled with the Holy Spirit. You guys, w- w- can I ask you humbly to stand this morning? Pastor Kelly, if you'd come and we're just gonna we're gonna close in this time and uh, and I mean there's all kinds of different different backgrounds and different places and this may have been like a rah-rah message for some of you and this may have been something else for somebody else and um, but this is my ask for you this morning. Would you just would you search your hearts and if you find that, that just you as a person, maybe your personality or maybe the environment you grow up in that, that submissions hard. It's hard to submit one to another. It's, it's hard to submit even under authority. Maybe, maybe in your workplace, it would serve you better if you actually learned how to, to submit. Maybe in your family, maybe in, in whatever, in a, in a relationship, when you learned this, this beautiful picture of love, of preferring one another and coming underneath somebody else. And so this might be a time for you to just say, Okay, God, so what do you want to show me? What's the next step? What, what do you want me to do in the next seven days?